Yes, hysteria, confusion, and yes, mediocrity abound when the worlds of Darkwing Duck and DuckTales combine. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, and joining me tonight are... Tiffany Silverbron And... Stan Lund. Hi, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. I'm doing good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um... <laughs> I know it's been only a few weeks since the last time I was on, and actually you too, Tiffany. Thank you for holding down the fort, Stan, with Will, with those comic and storybook reviews. You're most Uh, welcome. But it's been four weeks since me and Tiffany have recorded, and it's been a very, very interesting four weeks. Um, So giving our listeners a window into my life here... um, so we recorded a few days before Easter, and Easter was nice. I had a good Easter, which was good because a sinus infection and a stomach virus kept me from enjoying Thanksgiving and Christmas, respectively, last year. So it was nice to enjoy a holiday. So then me and my family got in the car the next day and went to Philly for um, a four-day trip, which was really nice. Um, I recommend it. Uh, we stayed at a, you know, a decent little hotel, but we went to a lot of spots. Um, a natural science museum, the Franklin Institute, which has an ongoing Harry Potter exhibition, which is amazing. Short of amazing, (laughs) short of going to Universal and going to the Harry Potter sections of Wizarding World. This is great because it's got all the character costumes, the wands that were used in the movies, areas for herbology, potions, defense against the dark arts. They even have a recreation of um, Harry's um, room under the stairs that, that Helena sat under. Aww. It was great. <laughs> and they're, and next this by this time next year, there'll be a Disney exhibition in the same spot. So looking forward to that. That was a great trip. We had such a great time. We ate really well. We just, we really enjoyed it. We This was our first vacation since before COVID. So we get home, and a couple of days go past. My daughter has a MMA. She got her yellow belt ceremony, and I'm feeling kind of yucky. Like, uh, what's going on here? Um, so I go to the doctor, get a couple of rapid tests, and they're negative. And great, you know, I'm sick. I don't have COVID. I guess I'm fine. But I had a PCR done, and I, yep, it came back on Monday. I had it. Um, so I missed a week and a half of work. I was quarantined, like, you know, like like you should be when you've got COVID. Um, I missed a lot of work, and it knocked me out really badly. Like, some people get it, and they're okay. This was bad. Like, my, it took my voice away. I had a 72-hour fever. Um, I got to watch a lot of TV. Thank God for streaming. Um, between Simpsons episodes, South Park episodes, and Godzilla movies, I kept myself very, very occupied. Um, but then I finally felt better and we prepared for my daughter's communion and yeah, she had her first communion last (laughs) Saturday. She was beautiful. It was fun. We had a really nice communion dinner and then our entire family got a stomach virus, including my daughter. I didn't get it. My wife didn't get it, but most of the family got it. So that early, early part of this week has been crazy and just as things are getting back to normal, my seasonal allergies start. So, and I get them so bad. Um, I'm doing okay now, but they make me sneeze so powerfully, I hurt my diaphragm. That's how bad wow. it is. Um, so I haven't, the worst of it hasn't started yet. But that's a window into the last four weeks of my life. It has been very crazy, and there's been a very good reason why we haven't been able to record um, but once again, Stan, I appreciate you and Will getting in there with those filler. I don't even want you guys to call those filler episodes. Everything's important. It's all Darkwing Duck, you know? Yeah. How has your life been, Tiffany? Um, I finally finished our big move. So yeah. we were, yeah, it's been crazy. We, I have a lot of stuff. So I actually, before I had two storage places, <laughs> And a tiny little apartment, a tiny little two-bedroom apartment. And we've just been trying to get to a bigger place. And finally, we got our house, which is four bedrooms, three bathrooms, and getting that all together. And it's really nice being here. 
We got a view of the water. We got a backyard and I could finally have a dog again. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's been great. <laughs> but yeah, crazy, crazy moving. And just like you said, everyone, everyone in the house except me has seasonal allergies. I only have one allergy and it's to down. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So whatever, I guess it's the pollen and where I work, we're outside a lot because I'm with the kids and we're outside and it's, it's always bad. I think wearing masks, like I don't have to wear a mask outside, but I'm going to for the next week just to protect myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to wear a mask right now. I had COVID, so I'm good for a little while, but uh, it took me, it took me over two years to get that. I finally did. I'm still knock on wood. <laughs> Never had COVID. <laughs> Lucky Same. you. You either, Stan? Nope, me neither. Good. I mean, although this is something I think we're all just going to have to live with. So I think everyone's going to get it eventually. Probably. But well, what I was thinking, weren't they saying that some people just can't get it? I think it's there's some people that just can't get it. That's what people at work were telling me up until recently, that maybe you're just immune to it. I'm like, that would be great. Um, and I was joking if I'm the last person at work to not get it. Do you enjoy getting a party? <laughs> um, and of course, in the, in the next couple of weeks are crazy at work because I missed so much of what was going on. So I have so much to catch up on. Um, my birthday is coming up soon. So yay. So at least I have something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad that you guys are all doing well. Everything good with you, Stan? Yeah, things are good with me. I finally added one of my holy grails to my Darkwing collection. What was that? The 12-inch Playmates Darkwing figure with the hat and cape. Yeah. Uh, that's been a staple of my collection for 30 years now. I love that thing. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've always wanted thing. one. I feel like that's a centerpiece of any Darkwing collection, just, just because it's so big. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I love that figure. I have a lot of nostalgia for the uh, Playmates Darkwing stuff. Yeah. Even though not all of it's great, I still have nostalgia for it. Yeah. So um, there's really no other Darkwing news right now. Um, we're not really going to discuss it, but that Rescue Ranger thing comes out a, a few days from when this drops. We'll save discussion on it from when we actually see it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows how me and Tiffany feel. <laughs> Dan, you can give your thoughts when we all actually see it and talk about it. It might not be right after it comes out with the way we're recording this. It might be in a few weeks, but whatever. You know, if it was Darkwing, I would care, but yeah, whatever. Um, so otherwise, there's no other Darkwing news going on right now. We're just kind of in a holding pattern waiting for the, any news about the reboot. Yep. We'll probably hear something once Rescue Rangers is like over and done. Probably. So we might as well move on to the, you know, the main event here, which is uh, the first part of Dangerous Currency, which wasn't an issue of Darkwing. It was actually issue five of DuckTales. I will say the four-issue DuckTales miniseries from Boom were one of the were some of the worst comics <laughs> I ever read. Like they were so bad. Issue three from that run got a write-up on a whole bunch of different websites and blogs <laughs> as like the worst Disney Duck comic ever. Totally. With, with art written like it was done by a drawing like it was done by a four-year-old. That's how bad these comics are. Yeah. I would not recommend them. Tell like People anybody really look that up. It's pretty funny. Those articles. <laughs> I think uh, cartoon brew published it. I think it was called, is this the worst duck comic ever? <laughs> um, so yeah, Google those words and the, and cartoon brew. You'll come across that article with screenshot with, with pictures of some of the panels. Um, it was collected in a volume called um, rightful owners. Go check it out if you're curious, but I do not recommend it. But um, so we're starting here with DuckTales issue five, which came out in September 2011. Even though it's a DuckTales comic, it does have two covers. So, Stan, how about you describe cover 5A for us? So cover 5A, which 
coincidentally is my favorite of this issue and possibly one of my favorites of the entire comics run has most of the main and supporting cast from both DuckTales and Darkwing Duck with a couple exceptions because of story reasons. Only really two exceptions and they're both from Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Um, this, what you said most of the supporting cast, but Silvani, who drew this cover, goes even further because there are characters who didn't even, who didn't even appear on DuckTales. There is Grandma Duck, Feathery Duck, John D. Rocker Duck, Gus Goose. Yeah. He's even got animatronic. Yeah. Uh, Daisy's there. Pete is there. So, and then more well-known characters. You got all the Fearsome Five except one. You got Duckworth, Von Drake, the Muddlefoots. Even Fenton, lower right-hand corner. I know that's him. Yep. But I think he's kind of being hidden away for story reasons, too, even though he's on the cover. Looks like uh, Gander is in here. Yep. And uh, Donald Duck wearing his traditional cartoon outfit with the bow tie and everything. Yep. And a super adorable liquidator. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he is kind of (laughs) cute. Glomgold is here. Sarabellum. Stagmut, Moliarty, Neptunia, a few Beagle Boys. Bob Beagle kind of gets her face covered by the DuckTales logo, but she's there. Doofus, everybody. You know what? If you name a DuckTales or Darkwing character except for two specific ones, they're on this cover. Yeah. This should cover would make mention, a really cool poster. Should I like we how- mention the two that aren't here, though? Yeah, might as well. I mean, anybody following the comic should have some idea. Yeah. But who are they, Stan? Negaduck and Morgana. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Quackerjack's here, too. As far as we knew, he was only a toy. He turned himself into a toy, but he's on the cover, too. And uh, one... <laughs> who? Mr. Banana Brain. Yeah, he's there, too. <laughs> one thing I will mention that I have read, and I think this is directly from Silvani, that a lot of these covers were drawn before the story was totally worked out. So this cover really doesn't indicate what we're going to see in the story. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, um, DuckTales did get a cover B. I don't own the B covers of the two DuckTales installments because I didn't really care. But Stan, tell us about cover B. So cover B, which is also drawn by Silvani, is Launchpad in the middle with... Uh, Darkwing and Scrooge fighting over him, each one grabbing part of his flight cap with Goslin and Honker on Darkwing's side with St. Kennard in the background and Huey, Dewey, and Louie on Scrooge's side with the money bin in the background. Cool concept for a cover. It's drawn fine, but it does not touch cover A. Right. So let's get into the story. Um... I have major, major, major issues with dangerous currency. Um, Let's start off by the team behind this. Um, It was written not just by Ian Brill, and James Silvani gets a writing credit too. No, gets a a story credit. I'm sorry, let me me specify. Story credits are by Ian Brill, James Silvani, and Warren Spector. I don't think we need to go into too much detail, but for Disney fans... He's well known as the director of the Epic Mickey games. Ah. Anybody well, play those? That, I that actually explains the inclusion of one character in this, then. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody play those games? Not me. I haven't. I played the first one, and just the battle and camera system were so wonky, I gave up on it. Never even tried number two. Um, it was written by Spectre and Brill. And the art is really, it's interesting with the art here. It says Silvani did some of the art and Jose Mazzaroli did some of the rest of it. But flipping through the comic, it all looks like Silvani's work. What do you guys think? Yeah. It looks pretty similar. I mean, a few characters look slightly off model where it's possible it wasn't Silvani. But... It pretty much all looks like him. Yeah. But hopefully 
I know James Silvani is interested in discussing this storyline with us, telling us the, the story behind it. So if we can get an interview with him, we will find out more. Let's keep our fingers crossed that happens. So why don't we actually discuss the story? Um, Tiffany, why don't you begin? All right. So it starts off um, showing this is where Scrooge keeps his money and it shows the money bin and Duckburg. And then it says what you might know is that he also holds assets in Quackworks and it shows a, um, the Quackworks building in St. Canard. And then all the the way that this whole beginning page is is kind of weird to me. It's like it is weird. A little hard to explain. <laughs> um, then it cuts to Magica and she's um, like brewing up some of that black slime that we saw previously in the comics with the phantom blot. And you see that they release it onto the Quackworks building of St. Canard and it turns into this giant, crazy, demonic looking building, which actually looks pretty rad. <laughs> we will point out that for some reason in these comics, Silvani's not doing references to things. We found one, but for once, and I guess going forward from now on, we're not going to be able to pick out things in the background anymore. Not so much anyway. I know there's a few things later issues. But not as much. He's not going no. reference crazy anymore. Um, so what happens next, Dan? So basically, Scrooge has decided that it's time to pay a visit to Launchpad McQuack because he doesn't like how Launchpad has been running the uh, Quackworks Corporation. And someone else is on his way to Launchpad's house, someone we haven't seen in a long time. Yes. Someone who's been missed. <laughs> so Scrooge, the nephews, and Webby pile into, I guess, Scrooge's limo. They don't quite show it. <laughs> I will point out the first inconsistency. Scrooge doesn't know how to drive. Yeah, totally. I was thinking that, too. It's weird that he's driving. The one time he tried in Duckworth's revolt, he destroyed the limo. <laughs> so he Duckworth has a cameo late in the story arc. He should be driving everyone the same canard. I'm sorry. Period. Yep. Yeah. Totally dissing my man Duckworth. So, um, yes. Yeah, so we see Fenton for the first time in forever. Only, you know, we haven't seen him at all, really. Yeah. So Fenton knows where Launchpad lives. So I, you would think this is in continuity to Tiff of the Titans, right? Yeah. Only think so, but no. You think so, but no, because Drake doesn't know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one after another is a knock in this story. You know, it's just completely. He, Drake is like, nice friend. We'll save introductions for later. Drake should know Fenton. They've met. Yep. And then Scrooge shows up with the kids. Especially oh. since everything else in this comic so far has been heavily referencing everything from the show. Yes. Now, uh, oh. correct me if I'm wrong, the uh, green-headed, uh, uh, it's an umbrella, I think, when Fenton arrives. Oh, that's the umbrella from Mary Poppins. It's the parrot umbrella. Yeah. Okay. That's, it, I, I think that's the only reference in this comic. Yeah, this at, the end, of, at the end of the movie, the umbrella talks to her. Yep. <laughs> I forget exactly what it says. It accuses her of getting sentimental. Yeah, I think. exactly. <laughs> Good movie. Good movie, Tiffany. I love Disney, that. Disney classic. <laughs> okay, so Scrooge comes in. He's looking for Launchpad, but when he sees Fenton, these are Scrooge's words. Bless my bagpipes. <laughs> what is wrong with that, Tiff? That's blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's bless me bagpipes. <laughs> I will say it up front. I cannot hear the characters' voices in my head for any of this. Especially Fenton, who's like... Fenton's the kind of character who's like a Looney Tune. And I'm just not hearing his voice. Launchpad, I can kind of hear. Scrooge, absolutely not. This yeah. is a very... This is a very poor portrayal of Scrooge. Yeah. So Fenton makes a comment that it's been a year since they had seen each other. 
It's been a, a year since he's been away. And then what happens, Stan? Well, the uh, St. Canard starts transforming around the Mallard household. The furniture, the house itself, into like... boxes, all with red eyes and mouths and sharp teeth and tentacles. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) And then Fenton gets sucked into an inky puddle on the front stoop. And he screams, don't get it on you. And he disappears into the muck. So then... The whole time, the way that Fenton is talking is very, like, cryptic. But let's be real, this entire comic book series has been cryptic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's constantly trying to build the things by being cryptic in a way the shows never were. So a bunch of bombs get dropped here. Launchpad is written as if he knows Fenton as Gizmo Duck. Like straight out. Yeah. And then the way they're talking makes Drake realize that Fenton is Gizmo Duck. And then Launchpad convinces Drake to tell everybody that he's Darkwing. This happens within only two pages. So now, in only two pages, the the entire principal DuckTales and Darkwing Duck cast know who Darkwing and Gizmo Duck are. From the kids to Launchpad to Scrooge to everybody. I hate this. Yeah, it's really weird. And it it could have they could have done so many different things like even just drake realizing it it would have been cool if he they had that part where he realizes it and he keeps it to himself like it's just him figuring something out and then they could have had the same thing happen with him like figuring out that he's darkwing duck like eventually and it's like not oh yeah let me tell you my secret identity in one i mean the story doesn't work if if you don't know that fenton is gizmo duck but did the story really have to start at Drake's house? No, probably not. I mean, couldn't Fenton have gone to the tower because Gizmo Duck knew where the tower was and up, up and awry and Justice Ducks? So if Fenton had gone there to find Launchpad, we wouldn't have had to screw both characters out of their secret identities. Don't they also have? I mean, doesn't Launchpad still have his like airplane hanger too? I mean, as far as Fenton knows, he's still got it. I mean, there's one decent joke where Darkwing, where Drake says, I am Darkwing Duck, and there's a pause. And Scrooge says, this puny fellow is Darkwing Duck? <laughs> well, that's pretty, it's, that pretty much sets the stage for the entire issue of Scrooge just throwing so much shade at Darkwing, just insulting, you know? Also, a quick aside, they showed the nephews getting, like, trapped by by hedges, but then they're fine later. They never show them actually being rescued. Yeah. Well, they show one of the nephews in a silhouette just brushing aside the leaves. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> but let's move on. We don't want 40 to 50 minutes of complaining about this. Um, so... Magic is watching the characters from her crystal ball, and she says she has eyes everywhere. She sees monitors full of different objects where it has eyes that have been affected by the ink. Then we see a completely pointless villainous team up, the League of Evil. Is that which, be a Bible reference? Evil! So. <laughs> evil! Um, it's Morgana. Okay, deep cut, deep Somewhat deep well, cuts, Go- going well, from sorry. less deep to very deep. Um, ammonia pine, Camille Chameleon, and Cinnamon Teal from the DuckTales episode Spies in Their Eyes. Yeah. I don't know why she's there. Um, I guess they couldn't give any more female DuckTales villains. I mean, maybe Ma Beagle could have been there. Yeah, like, that would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have made a lot more sense in Cinnamon yeah, Teal. Because I don't think Ma Beagle ever appears in the comic. Like, she appears on the covers, but I don't think she actually appears in the story. That's no. frustrating. <laughs> and if you're a big a DuckTales nerd as I am, Cinnamon Teal actually reformed at the end of that episode. So she shouldn't even be there. Yeah. 
So they go to the tower and they start talking to Gyro, who's a complete know-it-all in the story. And what happens next, Tiffany? Um, let's see. I know it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like, uh, word balloon Ga- city. <laughs> I know. So Goslin um, mentions that she has something that she's kept and in a trunk, and it's the um, broken Gizmo Duck suit from um uh the last story arc or was it two arcs ago two it arcs. was crisis on infinite dark wings yeah <laughs> a while ago so she's kept a suit she destroyed it and when she she apologizes and scrooge is like you did the right thing last you i like it's like what i know you i like <laughs> It's like Goslin destroyed the Gizmo Duck suit by be, by keeping it for herself. You're and you're okay with that, but yet you're you're dumping on Darkwing. It's like a weird thing where I could see that Scrooge would like Goslin's personality eventually, but like not in this one second dialogue like that. Scrooge seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't like a rambunctious kid like Goslin. No. At least not at first. Well, but I'm and yeah, eventually, like it's something that like he would eventually like warm up to, but not in like a one second thing. She's still better than Bubba, though. Everybody's <laughs> better than Bubba. <laughs> so what they do is they hook up, they fix the Gizmo Duck suit, they hook it up to some wires and stuff. And what Gyro and Honker manage to do is reverse the process of how he gets the suit when he says blathering blatherskite instead of the suit flying on to him he's gonna fly toward the suit i think and, that would be incredibly and dangerous and that's weird too why wouldn't it be it's gonna make the suit go to him and then bring him back <laughs> but Apparently, he still has to say blathering bladder, Scott. <laughs> so they still have to find him. And if they find him, wouldn't it make more sense for the suit to come to him? Yeah. This is so weird. stupid. This is really <laughs> weird. <laughs> and, okay, and then all of a sudden, Megavolt and the Beagle Boys break into the hideout. And this is what bothers me about the Beagle Boys here. That panel, the one page is really great, though. It's really great. No, I agree with you. It's really great. But instead of using the Beagle Boys from DuckTales, you know, Burger, Big Time, Baggy, Bouncer, it's just generic Carl Barks Beagle Boys. Yeah. This comic just included Cinnamon Teal, a deep, deep <laughs> DuckTales cut, but it can't be bothered to draw the right Beagle Boys who are, like, main adversaries on the show. Is it just me, or do two of the Beagle Boys have the same number on the front of their things, too? I was also going to say, I think... 716167, yeah. Those are the numbers from the from the DuckTales, too. At least, well, yeah, the numbers were always combinations of sevens, ones, and sixes. I think going back to Carl Barks, too. Aren't they different, though, in in the comic? I be- I think they were still combinations of those numbers, but I don't think... I mean, in the Carl Barks comics, the Beagle yeah. Boys didn't have personal- se- separate I, looks and personalities. I dressed up as um, Beagle Boys one Halloween, and I thought I like extensively looked and checked what all the numbers were. <laughs> I, maybe I could be wrong. I'm not the biggest Carl Barks fan. I, I should be, but I just haven't gotten into it. Okay, so Megavolt and the Beagle Boys show up, and what happens, Stan? Well, Darkwing faces off against Megavolt, while the Beagle Boys find the Gizmo Duck suit and decide they're going to bring it back to Magicka. Except the uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie show up with grappling hooks and tie them up. Yep. And uh, Gyro has a... Um a defense in the gizmo duck suit to electrocute anybody who tries to grab it. Which happens to two of the Beagle boys. I mean, if I had my way, it'd be Berger and Baggy, the two idiots of the group. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, Berger would scream the way Chuck McCann always screams, that that Curly Howard scream. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Which I am not going to even attempt to (laughs) imitate. (laughs) 
Uh, there, those two Beagle Boys are fried. Um, so meanwhile, Darkwing's fighting with Megavolt. When Megavolt notices the Gizmo suit hooked up to the wall, and then falls in love with it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to process that. Guys, you have any thoughts? Well, it is a highly sophisticated electronic gadget, so. But it is a light bulb. The problem is they don't make him, like, wacky enough, I feel like. No, this is definitely not. He doesn't act like Megavolt. Yeah. I mean, falling in love with electronics is kind of funny, but usually he falls in love with light bulbs, not random electronics. Especially not the gizmo suit. I don't get why he would. He says, I haven't seen, I've never seen the suit in this way before, which is a, a little without dirty. A person. <laughs> without, without a person, person in it? Yeah. It's the opposite of seeing a person with no clothes. He sees the clothes <laughs> with no person and he's turned on. Yeah. But otherwise, he doesn't act anything like Megavolt. He's not goofy. He doesn't say anything silly. Yeah. And then he says to get dirty. And the Beagle Boys and Megavolt put ink all over themselves. And Megavolt does it very suggestively. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that face. And then Webby screams, don't get it on you, very dramatically. Like, the only thing she's done so far. Repeating Fenton's words. Yeah. So then we get a nice, big, full page of mutant versions of Megavolt and the Beagle Boys. Um, How do these guys look, Tiffany? Um, so the Beagle Boy is like a four-armed buff, um, giant guy with, uh, five heads. And now the numbers say zero, 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 zero. (laughs) And, um, Megavolt looks like a super futuristic, I don't remember what those electronic things are called. Tesla coils? Mm, is that what they are? They're pretty sure. The, the things you would planets. things you would see in a, in, a, in a Frankenstein movie. Um, yeah, but they are also the things that you see in like actual like, um, plants, like electric plants. Oh, oh, um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. I don't know. I'm but he sure. looks cool. But yeah, he looks pretty awesome. And there's electricity flying everywhere. Stan, what does he remind you of? You said it earlier when we were talking. He reminds me of the Bane Megavolt from the DuckTales 2017 episode. Uh, I believe it was uh, Duck Knight Returns. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> now, I think a multi-headed Beagle Boy would be funnier if it was the DuckTales versions and they were arguing with each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, like big times, like, come on, guys, go this way. And they're like, no way. And so they're fighting and like burgers, like, I just want something to eat. And then walks away. <laughs> That'd be funnier. Um, I will point out in this page, Launchpad and Goslin don't look like Silvani versions of those characters. Especially Goslin. Yeah, totally. Although yeah. Goslin is very true to the show in this image. It looks very much like a, like a Disney Japan Goslin. But not yeah. Silvani. The Darkwing expression is great. <laughs> anyway, so the, the multi-headed Beagle Boy takes Darkwing and slams him against the wall. Like the re- only real like physical gag that happens to Darkwing in the story so far. It's very light on that kind of comedy. Yeah. So Megavolt steals the gizmo suit. And the villains are told to make a getaway. How do they do that, Tiff? Um, Megavolt puts his fists together and does like a mega flash <laughs> shot. Flash. <of laughs> shot of energy and busts straight through the wall and flies away, I guess. He can fly now. <laughs> The Beagle they Boys are like crawling now. to the side of the building. Yeah. <laughs> they fly now. <laughs> things happen in this story. Like, this random things happen. And yeah. so the villains are gone. And everyone's like, right, we're blinded for a second because of the big flash of light. And everyone's okay. And they take a look out of the hole in the, uh, the tower. 
and they realize they have to head over to the Quackworks building, and that's obviously where the, everyone is. Yep. And Stan, how does the story end? Well, it ends with most of the characters looking out the hole in the wall, except for Scrooge in the corner who's telling Agent 44 that it's worse than they thought. This Agent 44 thing not only doesn't pay off, it's actually incredibly stupid. Uh, <laughs> you know, preparing everybody. I Don't do get... like the the way that the that panel where they're looking out of the hole and you can like see the wind blowing through their hair and scar and launchpad scarf. You definitely you definitely can feel the atmosphere. Like if this was yep. animated, you can feel the wind. Yep. It's very nice. And I you know, we mentioned all the characters who are here, except for the fact that little bulb is there with gyro the entire time. Like in almost every panel where gyro's there, little bulb is there doing something. Yeah. <laughs> or help or helper, if you prefer the original name for that character. Um, so that's the end of part one of Dangerous Currency. Um, part two takes place in Darkwing Duck number 17. We will take care of that one next week. And I guess all that's left for now is to rate this issue. Um, why don't we start with you, Stan? How many gas gun canisters would you give Dangerous Currency part one? I would give it a two and a half. Okay. I will say that it doesn't, it didn't seem to start out as strong as I remembered. I'm hopeful that maybe the other issues going forward will be better, but it, the tone was way too inconsistent and there's too many, uh, too many errors in it. Yeah. Not just errors, like major, major mistakes that anybody who knows these shows should not be making. Yeah. How about you, Tiffany? What would you rate this issue? Um, I'd probably give it a two. Um, it's There's a lot of cool art in it for me, like cooler than some of the previous ones, actually, which is it should be, you know, putting it up higher, but the story and yeah, the inconsistencies and the way the dialogue is like, bring it down so low. I'm going to give it a two as well. Um, because at this point, the character's meeting is still a novelty and that novelty doesn't last very long. And the art is nice. I don't know if I'll ever get higher than a two with this. I think I think it'll be a two two or lower as we continue. But the novelty is nice. But what it really bothers me that they've blown all their secret identities. The characters just don't talk like themselves. The Beagle Boy thing really bothers me. But I think I think two is actually being generous. But I'll stick with it. So, <laughs> so Stan, you're two and a half, and the two of us are two. Sounds yeah. like it. All right. Well, that's the lowest I think we've rated any comic yet, huh? <laughs> I think so. Well, it was going to happen sooner or I'll later. I'll say one thing. It's still better than the big snooze. <laughs> well, most things are. <laughs> most things are. Um, so, Tiffany, do you happen to have um, a mini review for this week? Sure do. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, and it's a... Uh... One that I'm sure everyone could guess. Uh, Tiff of the Titans. Okay. All right. Um, I love this episode, but I'll leave it to you to just, and even, and Stan too, because Stan's never actually discussed it either. Yeah. So Tiffany, why do you like this episode? Or what are your thoughts on this episode? Yeah, I, I definitely love it. I think it's animated beautifully. So Woo, good. Australia. Yeah. So good. And just the direction of this episode is like perfect. Like all the transitions and like the comedic timing of everything in it is just like Darkwing Duck at its best, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. And, and then, yeah, the crossover aspect, it's like, it, it would be weird to read this comic book and then watch that episode because it's like so good at its crossover in that episode. It's like perfect. <laughs> um, it's Dan, yeah. do you have thoughts on the episode? 
Yeah, similar to what Tiff said, I think it's a really good episode. They do the crossover aspect very well. And yes, it would be very confusing to read this comic and then watch that, considering that this comic directly contradicts it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do a DuckTales Darkwing crossover, you should at least be familiar with Tiff and the Titans. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not, you're not doing your job. I think it's the best of the Gizmo Duck Darkwing crossovers. For I mean, yeah, crossover episodes for sure. I like, think the reason why that is is it's it's the one episode that takes its time to portray Gizmo Duck right. Yeah, exactly. So like at the in the beginning, well, I feel like in some of the other Darkwing episodes, he's a different character. It, when you go from the Ducktales to Darkwing Duck, Gizmo Duck's more presented as like this, you know super competent but like full of himself like character altruistic to a point to a fault yeah then in this but in the show he's just so goofy and bumbling and they kind of like have that more in this episode and only this episode i feel like well in the justice ducks episode you can't feel fenton in that suit yeah exactly (laughs) but in this one it's just as much his show as it is dark wings. Yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned this when we record, when we did this one a while back, but Gizmo Duck is introduced. Darkwing is introduced. And there isn't a scene that goes by after that, where both characters aren't involved. Like at no point do you feel like this is one character show over the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. The direction of it is really good. And, and it's, it's one of the best sport? uses of of what? And one of the best uses of Steelbeak too. Oh yeah. He shows up early and he's a genuine threat. I feel like sometimes, you know, in a cartoon like this where it's such a short amount of time, it's you know, I think writers don't get enough credit. It's like such a short amount of time to get something across and get it across well and this is like a really good example of it just flows really well and nothing's confusing nothing feels too fast it just all e- makes sense even if honker doesn't say a word <laughs> yeah and oh yeah i have to mention that i love nightmare on pelican island the fact that they were able to show that on not really show, you don't see anything but they implied on broadcast tv that gilligan was hacking the <laughs> skipper apart with a machete. Yeah. They actually imply that. I being called little buddy. <laughs> and that's a great example of having Rob Paulson in for Steelbeak, but then using him for other things. Yeah. <laughs> and how great is it after all those DuckTales episodes animated by Wang to see Gizmoduck in an episode done by Australia? Yeah. <laughs> Really Especially cool. when Fenton walks into the house. Mm-hmm. And he, he's tripping the statue. He's looking back and forth. Like, do I hear, do I Is feel a breeze? A breeze and <laughs> it's, and it's like, they don't even touch his design. They they even give him the duck tongue. Yeah. And he's doing the, the full, um, Hamilton camp is doing the full gizmo duck voice, which I feel like is different in other episodes too. Cause I don't think in Justice Ducks he was directed to drop into Fenton's voice. Mm. You never that never happens. But here the voice is fluctuating depending on the emotions. Because there's yeah. no way Fenton's gonna keep that voice going when he's excited or scared. He never did in DuckTales. Right. Um and I think it has one of my favorite Steelbeak drawings in the entire show where the two of them are fighting and he's standing off to the side with the missile launcher. And he's like, yeah, right. And just the way he's drawn, (laughs) the way his fingers are drawn like feathers. Like he's got like very like pointed fingers, like like his arms are wings. Mm -hmm. And it's done really, really well. And and just the way he's scooting around the boxes and crates as they're arguing is... And Paulson's great. Like, let's give our let's give our dancers a hand. Not a lot of style, but hey, they gave it all they got, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so and good. It, and very much like Gizmo Duck, he doesn't know what's going on the entire first couple of acts. He doesn't realize what Darkwing realizes until Steelbeak already has the egret. 
And Darkwing's like, well, welcome to the program. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, there's, like, absolutely nothing wrong with the episode at all. <laughs> there's a few moments where the Australia animation kind of dips, but it it always did. It's still early on with that studio. But when it's good, it's great. I, I love when they're in the living room watching the parade and Darkwing turns it off. And just the snappy animation on them when he's like, take him out of that tarnished wind-up suit and what do you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, naked guy with goosebumps. That... And then <laughs> Benton has to back out of the room. Oh man, yeah, that that animation bit where he's like backing up is really good, and he's holding his ice cream. <laughs> Anybody want any more pistachio prune ice cream? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Great. This it's one of my favorite episodes. Me too. It's like one of the best out of the um ABC run. Yeah. Any other thoughts on it, Stan? Um, uh, not really. You know, all around <laughs> great episode. I'll never forget that when Darkwing was airing on ABC, the show Land of the Lost, the reboot of it, was <laughs> yeah. also airing before. And I would watch it because, hey, why not? It's dinosaurs. And, <laughs> and when the credits were rolling for Land of the Lost, the announcer said something about Darkwing gets his feathers flying when Gizmoduck comes to town. And I was like, no. I'm like, because I assumed Justice Ducks was a one-time thing. And I'm like, another Gizmo Duck episode. Oh, I hope this is good. And it exceeded my expectations. <laughs> That's awesome. It, <laughs> like, and in the last. <laughs> I mean, you could start the episode with a DuckTales theme and say, hey, it's a DuckTales episode co-starring Darkwing. And it still works. Yep. Yeah. Because it starts with Gizmo Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, one of my favorites. Also that shot where he gets... I think it's a cannonball or something yeah. like going over the landscape. It's another great animation shot right at the beginning. But one of the billboard has a human being on it. <laughs> yeah. And he crashes through. It's a human. I, I think once in a while, nobody tells the background artists that the world they're drawing does not have human beings on it. Cause <laughs> it's it happened before. Yeah. Like the bus driver on justice ducks. It's a human being. <laughs> what with a uh, quacker Jack. Yeah, and all of his toys are human beings. The toy soldiers? Yep. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) I never thought of that. Um, But yeah, great episode. Thank you so much for mentioning that one. I love it. Yeah, me too. I thought it was appropriate for this issue. (laughs) So, um, Stan, uh, do you have anything you want to shout out or plug before we go tonight? Well, I'll mention my two YouTube channels, DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming. You know, if anyone wants to come check them out sometime, I do uh, reactions, product reviews, case tests, and video game Let's Plays. I love the sure, videos, by the way. And I'm sure your Rescue Rangers review is going to be epic. Yeah, I'll definitely be doing a review after I watch the movie. Whether or not I will have anything positive to say about it remains to be seen. But it's like a new Roger Rabbit movie, Stan. You gotta love it. I don't gotta love anything. This this movie is nothing but nerd bait. That's all it is. That's all it is. Look at these characters you love. I like how it's like Roger Rabbit's successful, and then instead of making a sequel, they're like, Let's make bonkers. And then it's like more time passes. Let's make this rest. Let's make this Roger Rabbit esque movie out of Rescue Rangers. I've said or it before. Make a Roger Rabbit movie. I don't understand. That's like where they're leaning towards the entire time. <laughs> I say this a lot. I feel like somebody watched Space Jam 2 and thought, yeah, I want to copy this. Well, because while this movie was in production for a while, I have heard the writing was a complete mess. And they were still working on the story as late as the end of last year. So I think someone saw what happened with Space Jam 2 and said, oh, look at that. That's what I want to do. Because this doesn't remind me of Roger Rabbit. It's too much of a cluster fudge to be to remind me of Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I don't know. Roger Rabbit was pretty magical. And it has all these elements that if you were just to describe it to someone, it would probably seem 
cheesy or, or, you know, like, like Space Jam or something, but it just worked so well. <laughs> this thing looks like it doesn't even know what its audience is. Yeah. I don't think the people, I don't think the people making it even like Rescue Rangers as a TV show. They're just using it as a means to get all these cartoon references in there. I mean, right. it's possible that they're going to have a bunch of, it's going to be Rescue Rangers heavy, and they just know that that fan base is small, so they're trying to appeal to mass audience in the trailers, hopefully. We'll see. And it goes without saying that the 2D animation on the characters really pisses me off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it it, it oh, needs need to be full animation to contrast with the CGI Dale. Instead, it's clearly CGI, but it's like cell shaded cgi yeah. which it looks looks fake as anything it looks terrible like chip looks terrible yeah and this would have been laughed off a movie screen if it had been released in theaters which <laughs> god thank god it's not oh we'll all find out how good or bad it is on may 20th <laughs> yeah. what a way to start a weekend huh at least kenobi premieres shortly after so we'll have something oh, awesome yeah. to wash the taste out with that looks yeah. cool to me Let's hope it's not successful, because if it is, it's going to affect the way they do Darkwing Duck. Mark, mark my words. Anyway, um, so Tiffany, do you have anything you want to plug, or um, how can the fans find you? Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Tiffany Silverbron and at Regurgitating Gertie, and I'm on YouTube um, at Carney Tube and at Radioact Tiffany. Yay! <laughs> um, and we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes. You can watch us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Pocket Cast Radio Public. Notice I did not mention Facebook because as soon as that started, it stopped. It's already oh. dead. Okay. Well, good to know. I've been trying to plug them anytime me and Will do them. And that no. I always have, you, have you noticed our Facebook uh, pages automatically post the episodes? And it has not done that for the past two weeks because Facebook no, podcast is dead. Weird. It wasn't even two months old and it's already dead. So that's one less thing for me to mention. <laughs> All these days, I'm going to have you write down a whole list of them just so I can read it off. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have them written down. I just go by memory at this point. Um, all right, so we will see everyone next week for part two. And until then, have a good night and stay dangerous. Stay Bye. dangerous, everyone. And it's bless me bagpipes, guys, not mine. You gotta make sure you get that right. Good night, this everybody. It's so non-canon, it hurts. Ugh, yeah. Blast from good, good night, everybody. Bye.